Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Snoop Dogg certainly has his money on his mind and his business ventures. The Long Beach rapper and his fellow musician turned businessman Master P are taking legal action against a major retailer. They claim they've been discriminated against. Eyewitness News reporter Rob Hayes has the story. Snoop Dogg and rap laid back. Go hand in hand. But Snoop Dogg and cereal? What up, though? This is big Snoop Dogg. Well, that's a duo he's hoping will go spoon in mouth. But the Long Beach born rapper and his cereal business partner, rapper Master P, say cereal giant Post and retail giant Walmart have quashed their efforts to get Snoop cereal on store shelves. How come all these knockoff brands are successful and we don't have a chance? This was collusion. This was breach of contract. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump is representing Broadest Foods, the company formed by Snoop Dogg and Master P. They are suing Post and Walmart. Crump released this video. He says shows people searching Walmart shelves across the country failing to find Snoop cereal. He says that's despite having a sales contract with Walmart and Post to carry their products. So where was all the Snoop cereal? Uh, according to the video, it was still sealed in its shipping boxes. People who wanted affordable, nutritious cereal could not find them. Post didn't respond before deadline, but Walmart issued a statement that reads in part, Walmart values our relationship with our suppliers, and we have a strong history of supporting entrepreneurs. Many factors affect the sales of any given product, including consumer demand, seasonality, and price, to name a few. But Snoop and Master P say this is more than just a standard business disagreement affecting two wealthy rappers. They say it could bleed down to other black-owned companies that are not getting a fair chance at building generational wealth. This is about minority-owned companies getting a fair share. Give black-owned businesses a genuine chance to succeed and build the intergenerational wealth promised by the American dream. In Westchester, Rob Hayes, ABC7 Eyewitness News. Most people have the wrong impression about the World Wrestling Federation. We're a nonviolent form of entertainment. We never use sex to enhance our image. Janelle Grant, a former staffer in WWE's legal and talent departments, has filed a lawsuit in U.S. District Court against World Wrestling Entertainment, more commonly known as WWE, 
Vince McMahon, the founder of WWE and executive chairman, and John Laurinaitis, a retired wrestler and head of the talent relations department for WWE. Now, this was filed in Connecticut because McMahon and Grant are both Connecticut citizens, and Connecticut is where WWE headquarters is based. Now, first, let me tell you, before we even get into this lawsuit, a couple of things. We are mentioning her name, Janelle Grant, because she has chosen to be publicly identified. That's number one. Number two, this lawsuit includes very, very sexually explicit text messages and descriptions that we cannot show you here. We just will not do it. But what we are going to do is break down some of the most disturbing allegations as best as we can. So to start, there is a line at the beginning of this complaint that I thought was very interesting. And it says, quote, Miss Grant is filing this lawsuit not just to address her own suffering, but also to act for those who are afraid to speak out. I find that interesting because as we have seen sometimes, when a high-profile person is accused by one person, then others will come out too. One person's claims gets the ball rolling. Sometimes they aren't comfortable coming forward immediately. But just to let you know that Vince McMahon, uh, he has already been accused by prior employees of trying to cover up their relationship. So some of this is not new. Having said that, when we get into the details of this, it's kind of unthinkable. But according to the lawsuit, Grant met Mr. McMahon in 2019 when they lived in the same building. Grant's attorneys say that she had been the full-time caregiver for her parents who both died and that the family home was lost in the parents' bankruptcy. The complaint explains that she was in a really low place in her life. Well, after being introduced to McMahon, he befriended her, showed her a lot of attention, allegedly offered her a role with WWE, told her that he would you know, help her life. Although what that role would be wasn't entirely clear in the beginning. And that seems to be something that McMahon allegedly took advantage of. You see, from the beginning, Grant alleges that McMahon would greet her in his underwear, his condo, pull her close to him, tell him intimate details about his personal life. Now, Grant says eventually she was coerced into a sexual relationship with McMahon in exchange for a new role at WWE called administrator coordinator in the legal department. Now, while she started there, McMahon eventually transferred her to the talent relations department headed up by John Laurinaitis, again, a co-defendant in this case, a former wrestler. But despite Grant's alleged pleas to end this essentially quid pro quo sexual relationship with McMahon, it did not. And according to Grant, it only got worse. First, Grant says that McMahon would share sexually explicit photos and videos of her with men both inside and outside of the company, including TV production teams, executives, producers, crew, even a world-famous athlete looking to sign with the WWE. This person is not identified in the lawsuit, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later on. Then McMahon is accused of recruiting individuals to have sex with Grant or participate in threesomes. He also allegedly directed her to have sex with Mr. Laurinaitis, who's again named in the lawsuit. She was expected to perform sex acts at WWE headquarters before, during, and after work hours. And to give you an example of what we're talking about here and what she was allegedly subjected to, the lawsuit says that on May 9th, 2020, McMahon defecated on Grant's head during a threesome and commanded her to continue the sexual encounter with the third person referred to as McMahon's friend. She later learned that that third person was McMahon's physical therapist. And just going back to that other allegation about McMahon and Laurinaitis having sexual contact with her at the office at WWE headquarters, this was allegedly despite her begging them to stop. 
and each held her down as the assaults happened. They allegedly said to her, no means yes. Truly horrific stuff when you think about this. The lawsuit just describes these multiple sexual encounters between Grant and McMahon, which Grant says were not consensual. She claims that he assaulted her multiple times with sex toys named after male wrestlers. According to the lawsuit, quote, in addition to her panic attacks, Ms. Grant began experiencing increasingly severe physical, mental, and emotional symptoms, including sleep disruption, dizziness, exhaustion, rashes, weight loss, hair loss, and migraines. November 2019, Ms. Grant informed Mr. McMahon that her doctor suggested that her symptoms stemmed from trauma and ongoing stress. McMahon mocked her, quote, emotional trauma, my ass. However, on November 20th, 2019, McMahon insisted that Ms. Grant see a physician of his choosing. There's another allegation regarding someone identified only as WWE superstar. This is a pro wrestler in the organization. And the allegation is that McMahon used Grant as a sexual pawn to entice this WWE superstar to sign a new contract with the company. During the course of this event, or series of events, McMahon texted Grant a reminder that she was an enslaved object to him, saying, quote, I want to drive you lower and lower, so low that you might beg me to sell you. McMahon reportedly showered Grant with gifts financed by the WWE, including tickets to VIP events, gift cards worth thousands of dollars, clothing, jewelry, flowers, BMW, chef-catered dinners, a spa vacation. And then in January of 2022, McMahon had told Grant that his wife had found out about their sexual relationship. He said that her time at the WWE was at an end, but insisted that she sign a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA. In the lawsuit, her lawyers say, quote, In the days ahead, McMahon put Miss Grant under immense pressure to sign, saying that refusing would not only jeopardize McMahon, his family, and the company, but that she'd surely become a public headline, suffer reputational ruin, including from the pornographic content McMahon had captured and face McMahon's legal resources. Conversely, McMahon reassured her that her signature would ensure his continued support and protection and safeguard her reputation. Ultimately, Ms. Grant succumbed to the pressure and signed the NDA in exchange for payments, which McMahon later stopped making. The lawsuit claims that multiple high-ranking employees at WWE knew about this sexual relationship, as well as assaults allegedly committed on Grant at the offices, but did nothing to stop it. Grant's legal team says that she is suffering from PTSD and has struggled with suicidal ideation. Now, this lawsuit has different claims or causes of action that I'm going to go into right now. And remember, in a civil case, the standard of proof is not beyond a reasonable doubt, like we have in a criminal case, but usually preponderance of the evidence. That's a lower standard, meaning that Grant has to show that more than likely this happened, more than 50% that these things happen, that they're true. So it is a lower standard to prove. But you still have to prove your claims nonetheless. Here, not only Grant's account, probably her testifying, but the incredibly sexually explicit text messages that are included in this complaint, the ones from McMahon, yeah, that can definitely help prove her case. And during discovery in the course of a litigation where they will get more information from McMahon and WWE, this is going to be evidence from the defendants that Grant hopes will help prove her claims. We can't show you or read you these text messages in the complaint because, honestly, they're just far too graphic and explicit. 
but they include alleged texts from McMahon in which he describes violent sex acts he wants to perform on Grant or have others perform on her. The messages call her all sorts of degrading names. They tell her what other men have said about explicit photos and videos of her. He appears to also be scheduling sexual liaisons between Grant and other men like Laurinaitis. The text purportedly from McMahon also repeatedly tell Grant that if anyone were to find out about the relationship, she would lose her job and possibly face legal consequences. Let's quickly go through all of these counts. There are nine here, and they're important to understand. So the first two, they're asking the court for declaratory relief. You are basically asking for a court to set the record straight about someone's rights. So here, Grant is asking that the NDA that she signed be deemed illegal under federal law, namely the Speak Out Act. She argues that it invalidates these contracts if there is a sexual assault or harassment dispute. The second claim argues that the NDA is invalid under Connecticut's common law. Now, that's not a statute. A common law is basically the laws that come from judges' decisions and court cases. And here she's saying that the NDA is too broad and that she entered into this NDA under duress, so it's invalid. The third cause of action says that McMahon and Laurinaitis violated the Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000, or TVPA. The suit claims that they recruited, enticed, and solicited Grant for sexual abuse and exploitation, especially as McMahon traveled across the United States. Crossing state lines becomes a big factor in sex trafficking cases. The allegation is that they used fraud, such as the lore of career opportunities, to coerce Grant into sexual activities. Likewise, count four is that the WWE knowingly participated in this trafficking and benefited from and facilitated this venture in violation of the TVPA. Count five is negligence. That's when you have a legal duty to use reasonable care. You don't do that, and that causes injury or harm. Here, this negligence claim is against the WWE, namely that they failed as an employer who has the responsibility and duty to make sure their employees are safe and protected. Count six is civil battery against McMahon and the WWE. Now, that is about intentional, harmful, and offensive contact that McMahon allegedly engaged in on Grant. And there is one particular disturbing account that it's cited here where McMahon allegedly forced Grant to perform oral sex on him in a very, very graphic and violent scene. Now, she claims the WWE is liable for the battery, that they're legally liable, because they're legally liable for the actions of their chairman under a vicarious liability legal theory. That is where you hold companies on the hook for the actions of their employees who engage in wrongdoing if those actions are within the scope of their employment or they were done while they're on the job. Count seven is also civil battery, except this time it's against the WWE and Laurinaitis. So specifically, these forced sexual contact or acts between Laurinaitis and Grant, including the ones that were done at his office in the WWE headquarters. Now, counts eight and nine are intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress. This is against McMahon, Laurinaitis, and the WWE. The basic idea is that they intended or should have known that their actions would cause Grant to suffer emotional distress. And she lists a number of extreme and outrageous forms of conduct, like with McMahon's text messages, sexual assault, trafficking, exploiting her. Laurinaitis, she claims, treated her like a sexual object, including forcing her to travel to his hotel for sexual activity. 
And the complaint highlights that he and McMahon were the bosses. We can't forget it. These were the supervisors. These were the bosses. That is such an important part of this lawsuit. Now, in terms of what she is looking for, what she's asking for in this lawsuit, A, invalidate the NDA. She could be able to speak about what happened. Two, compensatory and punitive damages. Remember, punitive damages are kind of a way to punish and deter this conduct. And what has happened so far in the result of this lawsuit is that McMahon has resigned from the WWE's parent company, TKO Group Holdings. McMahon said he did that out of respect for the WWE universe, but he denies all of the allegations. Now, remember, McMahon had previously stepped down as CEO of WWE in 2022 after similar sexual assault allegations were raised. The thing was, at the time, he never sold his stock. He was the controlling shareholder. So he just came back on the board, and then the board voted him to make him executive chairman again. And then WWE and UFC, they merged together to form TKO Group Holdings. In a statement, the company said, quote, Mr. McMahon does not control TKO, nor does he oversee the day-to-day operations of WWE. While this matter predates our TKO executive team's tenure at the company, we take Ms. Grant's horrific allegations very seriously and are addressing this matter internally. Now, what is interesting about that statement is that according to CNN, TKO, which is a publicly traded company, alerted the SEC in its most recent quarterly filing report that, quote, Mr. McMahon's membership on our board could expose us to negative publicity and or have other adverse financial and operational impacts on our business. The company said in the filing, quote, his membership also may result in additional scrutiny. So that makes me wonder what exactly did they know and understand about McMahon's dealings? Now, McMahon's team put out a statement saying, quote, I stand by my prior statement that Ms. Grant's lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene made-up instances that never occurred, and is a vindictive distortion of truth. I intend to vigorously defend myself against these baseless accusations and look forward to clearing my name. And look, there are a number of ways that this can go, right? McMahon, Laurinaitis, the WWE, they could try to settle with her. We recently saw that in the Sean Combs litigation. If they want to fight this, the first thing that we'll probably see is an answer. That's an actual legal filing in response to a complaint. Ultimately, I imagine what a defense could be is they'll try to say these events never happened, or if they did happen, they were entirely consensual, particularly because of her responses in certain text messages. Counterargument to that, of course, would be that she said or did anything she could do to appease these people. It can get very complicated in these kinds of lawsuits and this kind of litigation. Now, the WWE would try to distance themselves as much as possible, saying they didn't have any knowledge of anything like this happening. They would maybe say that the actions of McMahon or Laurinaitis were not done within the scope of their employment, but in their personal capacity. That would be a way to get away from that vicarious liability theory that I mentioned before. But it can be tough, especially if you have this working relationship, if it was done on WWE uh, headquarters premises, that kind of gets complicated. And look, I should tell you right now, there is still an ongoing federal investigation into Vince McMahon, too. In fact, only a few months ago, law enforcement executed a search warrant and subpoena on McMahon and the WWE regarding sexual misconduct allegations. So there are all these different factors, and we are going to continue to follow this case and see how it progresses. Some very disturbing stuff, but I appreciate you staying with us as we talk about it. 
A California law firm recently examined data by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Now, their analysis revealed that Georgia experiences some of the highest rates of workplace discrimination in the country, with 76 cases occurring for every 100,000 people. And according to their numbers, that places Georgia third highest in the nation for workplace discrimination. So there are a lot of questions here. You know, how is workplace discrimination defined, first of all? And what are the most common cases that uh, are claims that attorneys see? And what can employers and employees do to know more about all of this? So they're here to help dive into some of these questions and understand it's going to be different for every place of employment. So do not say that Rose Scott said I had a case just because you heard on this program. But we're going to work, welcome in Brad Dozer. He's a managing principal at the Dozer Law Group in Atlanta. Brad, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. All right. Let's begin here because, listen, when we talk about workplace discrimination, that is, of course, a broad umbrella. And there are lots of different, I guess, instances, variances that can determine whether or not this has happened. But when we talk about workplace discrimination, how do you define this? Well, in its simplest context, discrimination is really treating people that should be treated the same differently. And so that can come in many forms. It can, it can, uh, it can rear its ugly head in terms of promotional opportunities, uh, pay various terms and benefits, um, disparate discipline. When employee A does something and employee B does something very similar and they're treated very differently in terms of the level of discipline they receive. So there's kind of a wide spectrum Mm -hmm. Um, that uh, that that can be encountered in the workplace. And when we talk about what I guess the the legal definition, or as it relates to what the U.S. Department of Labor, because then it also can, I guess, trickle down to if we're talking about was this treatment based on a person's ethnicity, race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, all that gender identity. Uh, disability status or national origin, or even as a veteran, right? Because there are a lot of, we're talking about protected classes here, correct? Yeah, the laws that basically come into play here are mainly the federal laws um, on the books. Different states protect different, um, you know, categories and characteristics. Um, Some states are uh, more liberal, some are more conservative when it comes to that stuff. But mainly what we're looking at when it comes to uh, discrimination in the workplace are the several federal laws that apply to all the states across mm-hmm. the country. And then, of course, every state um, gives some additional protections to some other categories that aren't currently protected under federal law. And so just to be clear, because I already got a couple of emails here, when we talk about federal protections and we also talk about some states may have some other statutes that they reinforce it or might have some some circumstances where that indicate you have to prove this or you cannot do that is that is that what you're saying just want to be clear here well again for example there are under federal law you've got categories of race skin color religion gender national origin age um uh, medical condition uh or sexual orientation and then again you've got other categories that go beyond that in various states So, you know, the question, you know, in these type of cases, um, the question typically becomes or boils down to whenever there's a challenge to action, whether it be a termination, a demotion, Mm -hmm. a change in duties, um, a transfer, anything that employee feels like 
was an adverse action against them. Mm -hmm. The question really comes down to what was the motive behind the employer's decision? It's really a motive-based inquiry. When we talk about motive, what are the challenges? How challenging is it to fully, I guess, uh, uh, confirm or prove that there is a motive based on all those other attributes that we talked about as it relates to protected classes of a group. Is that really challenging for an employee to, to prove that? Well, employment cases are unique in the sense that really the ultimate issue is what was the motive or the intent of the employer when they made the decision or took the action that affected the employee negatively. And and I, I tell prospective clients that what, you know, discrimination is at its heart I think of it as a thought crime because the act of discrimination actually occurs in the head of the discriminator, in their head or their heart. Mm -hmm. So, you know, unlike something, for example, like a car wreck that happens out there in the world where surveillance cameras are available to show who ran the red light and who didn't, you know, discrimination claims are unique in the sense that you are at the end of the day Mm -hmm. looking to prove what was in someone's head or heart when they made a decision. And I want to move from the, the discrimination claim to something else because with this, this law firm out in California that looked at this EEOC data, the most common type of discrimination was retaliation and it ranked Georgia has a population of 10,700 plus, 700,000 plus. And this is from FY 2021, where there were 8,153 total discrimination charges. That's about 76 per, uh, I guess, 100,000 or wherever it is. But the most common type of disc- discrimination was retaliation. So now we talk about how do you prove or confirm that there was retaliation because of the claim? That's different. Well, the retaliation claim is a separate and additional claim uh, that can be made. Um, And what we see is it is it is becoming more common when uh, when an employee attempts to uh, avail himself or herself of the policies and procedures at the company for reporting discrimination or harassment. It is not uncommon now when someone makes that report Mm -hmm. as they are often required to do in, for example, an employee handbook. um, Sadly, it's not uncommon for them to uh, be sort of further victimized in the sense that um, the, the, the harasser or the discriminator may turn around and retaliate against them uh, in various forms. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I explained to people that when someone is accused of discrimination or sexual harassment or whatever, that is potentially an existential threat to that individual. It threatens potentially their livelihood, um, their uh, their career, perhaps their marriage. These are serious allegations. And oftentimes the person who is accused, um, he, he looks at that, he looks at that situation as one where he may just want to get that employee out the door mm-hmm. as quickly as impossible. He may view that the simplest way to solve the problem. Or she is may view. Simply, you're using he, she, but I'll get, a, I'll get an email, Brad. He, he or she may. Or they. At, come on, be fair. Right. right. <laughs> the, the most expeditious way to solve this problem 
is to get that complaining employee out the door. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes where we see retaliation. We see uh, it, it is very often what we see is not long after someone makes an internal report or someone makes a report to the EEOC, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they start getting uh, write-ups and criticisms of their work. And shortly thereafter, they're terminated. Mm -hmm. And then that raises the question of, was that a legitimate you know, managerial imperative, mm -hmm. or were they basically managed out the door as a way of solving this problem? The problem being they had reported the discrimination or harassment and wanted something to be done about it. So on the employer side, if there is a claim as it relates to retaliation for filing an EEOC complaint, then, and I know you usually, you usually work on the side of the employee, right? <laughs> That's correct. So not that I want you to, but if you're the employer, then you have to really prove in detail that this, it was, it was a demotion or a firing or what have you, was not in retaliation for this employee's actions of filing a, a claim. And I'm curious when you are up representing clients, what have you heard? I mean, what, what, what do employees... What are employees, employers trying to prove here, and how often is it successful? Well, obviously, in a, in a retaliation situation, the employer invariably is going to argue that the complaint, whether it was an internal complaint or a complaint to the EEOC, did not in any way motivate the action that they took after the complaint was made. Again, whether it was a termination or mm -hmm. a demotion or reassignment. They're always going to argue that there were legitimate, non-discriminatory, non-retaliatory reasons mm -hmm. for that action. And then you get into questions of proof, which is, for example, if they're going to travel along the deteriorating performance road, what evidence is the employer going to offer to show that there was some sort of precipitous change in the employee's performance? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we look at when we look at retaliation is, is there a close temporal proximity? Meaning, is it close in time from the time that the employee complained to the time that they went from being, you know, a filet mignon in terms of their performance to being a bologna sandwich? That's an interesting analysis. Some folks like bologna. If you're just joining <laughs> us, I'm in conversation with Brad Dozier, the managing principal of, of the Dozier Law Group here in Atlanta. And our discussion is around, there was an analysis by a California law firm that examined data from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And this analysis revealed that Georgia experienced some of the highest rates of workplace discrimination cases filed, with 76 cases occurring for every 100,000 people. Actually, it placed Georgia third highest in the nation for these claims. Um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to read that that report there? Brad, I'm curious. The one that we were talking uh, about. I, I have not. I have not gone through it in any detail. No, not not uh, not yet. Are we too? Is it is it fair to assume because and this is based on the EEOC. And by the way, if someone wants to know what's number one, Tennessee uh, was number one for total discrimination charges in FY 2021, and the most common type of discrimination was retaliation. Um, but what we don't know is the outcome. So is that fair then? I mean, we, it's fair to say, okay, these are the, the numbers because the numbers shouldn't lie, but we don't know the outcome. So is it, to, is it fair to get a good gauge then of, of how well Georgia has protections in place? 
Well, Georgia is a very pro-business climate. Okay. That is true. And Georgia is one of the three states in the in the 11th federal circuit where when you have federal claims, um, you're in the federal courts. And, and the 11th circuit has been statistically uh, one of the most difficult circuits for plaintiffs to prevail in. Um, hmm. And, and you know, that's borne out statistically over the past number of decades. The courts are are, are very tough places and that includes Georgia, Florida, and Alabama, for plaintiffs to prevail on discrimination, harassment, and retaliation claims under federal law. I want to be very clear, and I'm glad you brought that up because I actually have a, a question here. So with these type of claims here, Brad, it, it usually starts because it's a EEOC claim. It starts, it goes right to federal? Well, the way these claims typically progress is it starts with the filing of an of an EEOC charge, mm-hmm. which is an administrative prerequisite for filing many of these claims. Then once the EEOC uh, issues a notice of right to sue, whether they do so after an investigation or whether they do so with the request of the charging party, then the case can progress to state or federal court. And I will tell you that oftentimes these cases will start out, even though they may be based on federal law, they can be filed in a state court. But the but the vast majority of cases that are filed in a Georgia state or superior court are going to be transferred from the state court to the federal court by the employer. They have the right to literally move that case from state court to federal court. And oftentimes, in fact, the majority of the time, an employer will do that because they view federal court as a more um, as a more receptive forum for them to defend. Is it, I don't know if easier is the right word here, Brad, but if it's more of a class action or if it's more than one plaintiff here with the same complaint against the employer, could that sometimes be more favorable then for the plaintiffs? Well, you know, when you talk about class action cases, Certainly there are those, but the majority of these employment cases that you and I are talking about, mm-hmm. discrimination or, you know, uh, harassment, retaliation, those are usually single plaintiff cases because the circumstances are typically unique to the individual. Now, when you get into things like wage and hour cases where you're claiming that a class of employees, for example, um, were not treated uh, correctly under the uh, Fair Labor Standards Act, Mm -hmm. then you can get into these class actions. But the majority of cases involving workplace harassment and discrimination, the majority of those are single plaintiff cases. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you'll have some collective action cases, but they're really viewed as as unique situations that are unique to to a particular individual. The EEOC, it's very defined in terms of which groups we're talking about here, what types of discrimination if is there if there's anything that you've learned in all your ex- experience and, and career in doing this, is there something that the EEOC is probably missing or something you would like to see added, whether it's some type of provision or or anything that you think could be added to this so folks get a clear understanding, or if, is it just state by state? Well, I think that when when an employee first contacts the EEOC. I think that they view the EEOC as an agency which is going to resolve the matter. And unfortunately, you know, the EEOC, like a number of federal agencies, it is it is 
underfunded and it's understaffed. So the EEOC really is not set up to conduct thorough and sifting investigations of these claims. It just doesn't have the resources to do that. The EEOC's primary role is to be a vetting mechanism, not an investigative agency. So what the EEOC really does is it it weeds out a number of cases that really lack evidentiary merit, because quite frankly, if every single person that um, went to the EEOC and filed a charge didn't have to, and rather they went straight to federal court, the federal courts would be so log jammed mm-hmm. with employment lawsuits that they really would almost cease to function effectively. And that's what the EEOC's role is, is to primarily be a gatekeeper and vet a large number of those cases. How long does it usually take then if someone comes to you and says you are representing someone or, or how long does it usually take before the EEOC will even get to someone's claim then? It, it it depends on a case-by-case basis. Empl- employees have the right to file an EEOC charge, but ask the EEOC to, um, to quickly issue them a notice of right to sue, which will allow them to progress quickly into state or federal court. Um, if the employee doesn't make that request, the EEOC will get involved in a process of trying to kind of sift through the claim, um, determine whether or not it seems to be meritorious, and then try to, in some form or fashion, um, resolve the case, whether or not it goes through the mediation wing Mm -hmm. of the EEOC or whether it goes through the enforcement department of the EEOC. Uh, The EEOC kind of funnels these things into two different departments. There's the mediation department, which tries to get the cases mediated and and get a result that, uh, that the parties agree to voluntarily and then the enforcement unit is more of the investigative wing. Mm. Wow. Brad Dozier, the managing principal of the Dozier Law Group here in Atlanta. Good conversation regarding workplace discrimination. Brad, we thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. The worthless Negro from Virginia, Gusty Renegade, and for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy, listening exercise i'm testing myself here and listeners so listening exercise that last lengthy and interesting report from georgia public radio data reveals georgia outranks much of the nation in workplace discrimination claims from wabe georgia public radio Did you hear what was number two in terms of the most common type of discrimination workplace case? They said that retaliation was number one. Did they give us the rest of what are the most common types of discrimination so-called in the workplace for the state of Georgia? Retaliation was number one. Did we get the rest? No, it's number two. What's number three? Did we get the rest of that data? I'm saying no. I don't think we did, but I might be wrong. I might have misheard. I'd be a little bit embarrassed because I listened to that segment twice all the way through. So I would feel a little bad. Like, man, get it together, man. Get it together. But, hey, 
happens to the best of us. But I do not think I remember racial retaliation. Absolutely. Excuse me. Retaliation. No racial retaliation. That was number one. Gave that on that. I do not remember them giving the rest of the what's number two. What's number three. Let us know if you paid attention. Today's date. Friday. February 9, 2024, Negro History Month. George Washington Carver. Neutralizing workplace racism, not for spectators, especially. You have figured out you do not have to deal with any sort of retaliation in the workplace racism patting you on the behind or anything like that you don't have to to bother with any of that sort of uh, foolishness you get all of your money you're paid correctly you don't have to chase anybody down you get training in fact they let you know when there are going to be constructive training opportunities they don't gossip about you they call you by your name correctly every time please we are begging you Ooh, let us know how did you accomplish this share some details maybe we can copy what you've done lessen some of our workplace troubles the number 605 313 Five one six four. Decode five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Number again six o five three one three. Five one six four. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. We will get to it. Uh, I will say does happen you know some weeks now we did have a number of reports that were lengthy so noted but wow this is a week we easily could have had you know probably three hours of workplace racism segments because there were massive arrests they had this huge scam uh, in New York City, housing authority and lots of employees got arrested and they're doing all these bribes and everything. This is the low income housing like gee, anyway, but that easily could have been one. They had a big report about wage theft. Uh, they had another big report talking about the abuse of child labor, which is non-white people. Again, it just went on and on. I think by about Wednesday. I was attempting to stop looking for workplace racism related material. She's like, all right, all right, all right. Can't play everything we got. And there's already 
too much and all in all things that we would normally talk about most of it directly related to white supremacy racism most of it I'd say about 80% of it uh, in, in fact that report that we just heard about so-called discrimination in the workplace in the state of Georgia I had that report amongst many many others a smarty pants listener emailed me that report the next day said oh man you should check this one out said no way man I already got it no way no way no way I already got it thank you ma'am thank you ma'am already got it already got it but it was a lot this is one of those weeks where when I say you should check the new like our listener she even went the extra mile and shared metaphor but at minimum check the new check locally they are always talking about things with regards to racism and things with regards to labor many times they are connected somebody got called a negro on the job or they're stealing wages from the non-white people or they're using non-white immigrants that are 12 to clean the chicken guts off the factory floor check the news there will be lots of material and some of it downright constructive things you can apply to your workplace code but there was lots of material this week so I am open for criticism that you should have picked a different set of reports because you picked trash if there was different audio all of that or at least one of them that was you know nonsense maybe Uh, the very first report that we started with I said I've got to play this I've got to out of big list like I said it easily I think could have been three hours you can only pick about 30 man what do you think we need to hear Snoop Dizzle again doesn't he dominate the cows in 2024 maybe he'll be a guest we put that in the universe Snoop Dogg and he can tell us about his experience with racism and you have to be honest I don't know if you gotta smoke a lot but I mean you can't be pussyfooting and all that like you know that thing, yeah, we can just talk about the suit, man. Keep it real, man. Let's hear about the suit now. I said, that's got to be played. What was my reasoning for that? Snoop Dizzle and Master P. Master P, I think, has a book on racism as a black entrepreneur. He now can do an update. New chapter. Same song. But he has a fascinating life and times. Maybe we'll read his bio one day. Racism and entrepreneurship as a black male victim of white supremacy but I have said for years even before we had neutralizing workplace racism as a separate program just because you start a business for yourself that does not mean hey my problems with racism on the job are done wrong 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 I don't care how much money you have uh, how much you know exposure and all of that how many wealthy white people you know that you know can help you get rolling in all of this that does not matter at all now that might be helpful but still white supremacy racism is going to be a problem and I've seen way too many black and non-white entrepreneurs who are talking about the same types of problems Snoop he performed at the flipping Super Bowl didn't he what do you mean they don't want to put Snoop and I even I had to uh, get an image so I could see exactly what do these uh, 
cornflakes. What do they look like exactly? So I guess you can, you can't exactly get them on Walmart. You can't get them at Walmart, but they do have them available online. So uh, if you, I think if you go to Wal or Amazon, you can put in, here we go, Snoop Cereal Fruity Hoops. And it's got like a blue fox, or maybe that's a dog. I'm not, I don't know. Let's say some kind of critter uh, that's blue. The color is throwing me off a little bit too, but some kind of blue critter on the front of the Snoop cereal oh the see because that is a dog on the different brand of cereal see they have different brands so they have the fruity hoops frosted drizzle and cinnamon toasties now cinnamon toasties that is a dog absolutely no you know confusion about it i think that is a fox the snoop cereal fruity hoops i think that's a fox or a wolf maybe something like that anyway um hoops with a z and I pulled this up specifically because they had that no count Benjamin Crump. He's right up there with Al Sharpton. Like, we no count black males that just want to. So they're saying, man, they won't even put the Snoop cereal in the Walmart. You know, post. They're sabotaging us, man. What's, what's, the, what's going on? They said they had video of people going and looking and they can't find the cereal. And then they said, man, people are looking and they're trying to find nutritious cereal. And I said, now, hey, I'm, I'm all about supporting black business. Hopefully Snoop, Master P, they will be able to get their breakfast goods out to the world and, you know, sell their treats and such and all that. But, man, when they said nutritious, I do not play about the food. Very proud. Uh, six years vegan. It's not like I'm counting at this point, but it was more just, you know, vegan for how long? again? Six years vegan. I'm proud of that. Right. Try to share that. Drink more water. Eat healthy. Right. They got so much about racism and health and all of that. We want to watch what we eat, especially children. Right. This is something that looks like they're particularly marketing to children. Right. Now, when they said healthy, I said, uh oh, uh, let me see what the nutrition facts are for this uh, Snoop cereal. 19 grams of added sugar in one serving, which is one and one third cup of Snoop cereal. 19 grams of added sugar, which comes out to, uh, let's see, 38%. So not quite half, but getting close to your recommended daily intake of sugar in one serving. That's not even a full bowl for most people, just one and one third cup. Now, <laughs> you didn't even get to, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now they do have some vitamin content, if that means anything to you. Anytime where there's some vitamins, but it's got to be balanced out with, you've got a whole lot of white sugar and then they have got all of this uh yellow number five red number 40 blue number one dr layla uh dr 
Lathan, excuse me, Ruby Lathan. She was with us many times. We talked about this explicitly, and I mean right down to the yellow. This directly, and particularly for young people who are so sensitive, why do we want to start them out with all of this junk, chemicals, nonsense, sugar, white sugar? Come on, man. At least don't call it healthy. Like, they just don't want to put our, you know, sugary nonsense cereal in with the rest of the sugary nonsense cereal. You know, why can't we have the Snoop cereal along with the Captain Crunch and Frosted Flakes and all the rest of the stuff that'll rot your teeth out and get you diabetes? That notwithstanding, uh, it, sabotage. We'll have to see what happens with this case, but sabotage. We are not trying to have that. And in fact, there are multiple. I was embarrassed that I was late seeing fellow gangster rapper, Ruthless Records artist, Ice Cube. Did he get to perform at the Super Bowl too? I don't remember. Was he? I don't remember. Anyway, he also has a lawsuit that he, as a Negro entrepreneur, he has a basket a professional basketball league the big three league he has a lawsuit alleging that the nba is sabotaging his big three league uh by trying to undermine them and all the rest of it i'm not surprised about any of that i was just embarrassed that i saw this late but that's kind of a recent thing uh, he was talking about the exact same thing. And in fact, even Isaiah Thomas, who is not a Negro gangster rapper, Hall of Fame basketball player, Isaiah Thomas, he, Negro entrepreneur, he owned the Continental Basketball Association that was in the 90s. The NBA took it over made it what is now the developmental league and you never hear anything that oh dang a black dude started all of this they didn't involve him in it nothing like I had never even heard any of this until he talked about he could probably also write a great book about being a black person in business but I had no idea none whatsoever but yeah and he he talked about the same type of thing where they didn't really want competition we'll just take it over and get you out of here yeah Ice Cube saying the same type of thing. And in fact, I had heard people say that for years. Like, you got Magic Johnson and other black entrepreneurs and black people with money. Why don't you all get your money? Michael Jordan, you could pool your money and start your own league. And then they'll be sabotaging you just like they are with Master P and Snoop and Ice Cube and on at context of white supremacy. Putting my name, me too, right, right. And on and on and on. Incidentally, I clipped the music that they used uh, where Snoop and his rap lyrics are saying, I keep my mind on my money and my money on my mind rolling down the gin and juice. They picked that oldie. Yeah, I clipped that out and included drop it like it's hot, even though that's different verdi, different version instrumentation with the percussion. But I did drop it like it's hot because I thought that fit better with the racist sabotage take these negro cereal and drop it like it's hot right right that works better that's what I all right next segment now 
the judgment because I had a long list of things that could be played. I chose the WWE segment on Vince McMahon one because like, dang. So after all these years and promotion and movies, Hulk Hogan is a suspected race soldier and Vince McMahon is a suspected rapist. Man. Man. <laughs> when I don't, man. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> man, they, this should be about it for professional wrestling, right? Wrap all that up. Be done with all that. Move on. Find something more constructive to do with our time and energy. Plus, they've got all that. I just said Hulk Hogan is a racist. Oh, man. Man. We should be done with all this, right? Man. I'm listening to that doing other things. I wasn't really focused like, yeah, because I wasn't listening to it with the intent of I'm going to include this for workplace racism. I was just like, oh, man, let's see what what happened to Vince McMahon. They commenced to going into the details. Oh, <laughs> got to redo have to redo. I wasn't even thinking of this, but oh, yeah. Number one that right there is why it is mandatory mandatory if you are an attempted parent you're a black mommy black dad one child 15 children whatever you have got to talk to your non-white daughters sons singular about racism racism on the job sexual abuse mandatory your experience if you've been a victim of sexual abuse on the job I know that is really traumatizing for a lot of people definitely take the time nourish get the help that you need but that's something that you have to talk to your children about This is so serious, a huge part, at least in my view, a huge part of how predators, allegedly Vince McMahon and many others, Jeffrey Epstein, a huge aspect of how they're able to function. You have a lot of victims where we're confused. We're not expecting talk in detail. Talk about these type of cases. If you're on a job someone I wouldn't care if this is what you call your dream job you've been watching Hulk Hogan since you could crawl I always wanted to be in professional wrestling and I can't believe it I finally got here and you know I got a great paying job I'm like an executive you know I help write the scripts and you know we go to Wrestlemania and sit up in the box and oh my gosh and plan out the schedule and I meet all the wrestlers and oh man it's best job ever and then they come you know we gotta have a threesome let me do a number two in your hair what on your head he said on your head I mean which would still be in your head but still oh my god what What? self respect hey no if that means I am fired I am fired which is where this went anyway 
My wife found out about all of that. We got to let you go. Self-respect. Dr. Welsing talked about that. Just because you give me money. She talked about that exactly. She said that there was a victim of racism. She said, she told Dr. Welsing, she said, please, if they paid me enough, I would defecate on stage. Dr. Welsing's annihilation of black self-respect. No, no. There are some things there is no price for black self-respect. No, but like just there are some things like no, absolutely not. Do not ever. I mean, even that's why I say they start off. I don't know, you know, the full details of what the allegations are. And hopefully this will go to court and they can, you know, let's go through all the details. Slow motion. Text messages and I. Oh, the text member. I have to get to that. Give me one sec. But man, some things, it is a full stop. No. And that's why I said that's one practice. How you say it, if they go to, you know, do some grabbing on you or whatever. Ho, 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 ho. Vince, and these, this is a wrestling environment. So you got a lot of these guys are huge. You know, they're taking steroids and lifting weights and all this other stuff. Uh, hey. Maybe from the beginning, I'm not going to be by myself with like, come on, <laughs> I'm a female. Come on, let's have some other folks around all of that. And you can that's something that can even be brought up as a legitimate HR concern. Like you got all these hawking dudes that they pick up other dudes. Like, come on, man, I'm 110 pounds. Like, come on, man, get out of here. But no be able to say no and practice that tell your children that any job I don't care if this is the first job that you get in your life if this is the last day before you retire anywhere in between there are some things it is a full stop no if that means you need to leave and that's your last day on your job oh what you call me immediately we will work it out and whatever but full Stop. No. For some things. No. Are you see defecating on my. Are you serious? There is no job in the. You see what he said? It was alleged that he said, I want to take you lower and lower. See, they do things to break down further your self-respect. See, I showed pictures to the other people. This is what they said. Uh, uh, they said all these. Uh, and then just like, I can just do more and more and more. Stop. Walter Beach the third. He said, break it at the knees. We had the young lady called in a few weeks back where she said, a uh, white dude on the job where she, you know, suspects he might have been flirting with her and was leaving these old tacky uh, notes of some sort on the workstation that she's allocated. And I said, just I would just ask, you know, it's a lot of ways that you can deal with these sort of things. But I would just ask not with an attitude, not getting sassy and jumping up in his fit very calmly from my timid little victim position. You know, Todd, uh, did you leave? something on my desk or on the desk pardon did you leave something on the desk here yay nay yeah 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 I did oh okay okay uh was there a reason that you left this 
on the desk here? And wait and see what it is. Do you leave notes like this on any other employee's desk? Even that, I submit, that's putting a halt of like, what are you doing? I'm just calling attention to behavior that seems like it's unprofessional. It seems like we're going down a tacky road. Let's stop and investigate that right now. I'm calm. I, like I said, I'm not talking like I got, you know, thugs and toughs waiting outside to bust him up if he says something wrong to me because I don't. Can't talk to him like I got the vice president, you know, on speed dial on my cell phone. We hang out, you know, every spring break, go hang out on his yacht down in the Bahamas for a week or so. Like, no, no, <laughs> I might be, I said, might be fired today, but I can at least ask a question or three. They said the text messages. Oh, man on a job I would be very resistant to using my phone to text other employees period unless it's a I'm going to miss work or you know something like that uh, no not interested and there are too many cases especially over the last 10 years or so people having to go back and dig in text messages like this 10 years ago so much sexually inappropriate things racism you name it how we stole the money and all the rest of this man I would be very resistant to using my phone to text other employees if we got to do this much texting the company should give me a phone then we can text all day long and I would keep in mind this is a company phone so I'm going to be very mindful about what I say in these text exchanges but you have got to be out of your mind if you think like what's alleged of Vince McMahon suspected racist you want to take a dump on someone's head all the rest of that doing that sort of thing sounds fun to you at minimum can't be texting all of that can't be texting the photos and things. that's how the Washington Redskins franchise now Magic Johnson Negro entrepreneur again how did that happen? That was a part of it. Swapping these photos of the cheerleaders and their new, ooh, look at that one. Mm, 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 look at that one. It is 2025. Once that email goes out, you have no idea. Where is this going to end up at? Who is going to end up with this? Who's going to snitch on us about all of this? Nah, man, if you're doing all of that, there should not be any, and I mean no sort of text trace. And if someone is texting those sort of inappropriate things, save, save, say, I would save copies of all of that. And I would, I might not even respond. I might, if I said anything, it was, is this appropriate for the workplace? folks have better questions that they would say in retort please share but I would save and I would I wouldn't even want that on my personal phone like are you serious the non-disclosure agreement 
the victim said that was part of it uh, as well, that they pressured her. You know, if you, you speak up, you know, we got a legal team. It'll be bad. You know, we got all those videos and pictures, you know, and I did do a number two on you that time. We don't want vic- pity, vic- uh, video and pictures of that to leak now, do you? Do we? Saying all that to pressure her to sign the non-disclosure agreement. That's something that I did not know as well, that if there are criminal circumstances that can void an NDA and or if there's coercion to get the person to sign this NDA that also can void the agreement. I did not know that. So that's something to be mindful of as well. If, you know, criminal activity is taking place, racism, white supremacy certainly qualifies as criminal activity. Uh, Let's see. Make sure I didn't miss anything from the WWE segment. Uh, And then the last one. All right. So this was another robust segment. So this is the WAB Georgia public radio uh, segment uh, about the high number of so-called discrimination cases. I said, now, did they give us the rundown of like the top? Uh, incidents of discrimination in the workplace they said retaliation number one did they give the full rundown or no I'm thinking no they didn't but I might be wrong Uh, in the suit number one in the report we got the usage of the word fair four times at a critical juncture non-white host where she was interrogating the law as it applies to discrimination in the state of Georgia and how this is interrogated applied. I thought that was so fitting uh, for the system of white supremacy. That word fair comes up frequently in conversations of mistreatment and racism in the workplace, much more so than I would say in general, in non work related matters in the workplace, the word fair, fair, White people are supposed to get correct treatment in the workplace. Uh, Let's see the details. Oh man. When they, uh, I thought that was so important for the whole segment for the workplace. That's something that we emphasize all the time. Uh, I think female black female caller in Georgia had talked about the importance of practicing your professional writing. Uh, We've emphasized for years, having a workplace journal take notes don't rely on your memory no one your memory fails we all make you know errors and things especially these cases may end up not being something that's resolved in a week it might be something that's years everyone's you know memory deteriorates after years especially about fine details what time and exact sentences and all the rest so write it down this is something like I said you can whip that phone out people text all day long nonsense frequently whip that phone out you could do this at lunch this is something that you could do really if you drive commute right you get ready to leave I guess as long as it's not you're in a blizzard environment if you're someplace balmy what have you where you could sit in your car literally take five minutes while it's fresh in your mind Type it all out, organize it later or then, right? Depending on how long it takes. But I mean, really five minutes should be more than enough, depending on your type speed, date, time, names, 
what was the event, uh, what was said, make it as accurate as possible. All of that is so important in terms of having detail. What is happening? Do you have evidence of this? And the more detail, the better. That's why I say also paying attention to how other people are treated in the workplace as well. Uh, I thought it was significant uh, when the host, uh, again, non-white female victim of racism, uh, when they're having this conversation uh, with Brad Dozier, who I suspect is a white man, but I, they don't have photo that was audio, so I have to double check. Uh, when they're talking to Brad Dozier, uh, she interjected, he used the pronoun he to make sure that we got he, her, they, which is true. I mean, not all racists are the man, but man, they do not. When I say they, I mean pretty much everybody because I've heard that sort of thing before. I do not hear that sort of interjection to specify or to make sure that we include and explicitly state white people. So often they will be left out and it will be very frequently, deliberately vague language that obfuscates. We're talking about white people, yes? They will allow you to be very general, very vague, to not identify them at all. They can be totally excluded. Great. Works even better. Particularly because they're culpable. But in this, we can interject. Wait a minute now. Her, her, wait a minute. Which, again, for sure. Right, right. But man. Man, just what agendas we can be aggressive about. The problem is the system of white supremacy racism. Continuing, um, just as someone who points out metaphors, when Mr. Dozier, when he said uh, that sometimes evidence, right? So if you were a great employee, and then all of a sudden now you're being evaluated as a worthless and horrible employee. If this happens suddenly, that can be evidence that, uh oh, this is, there's some retaliation uh, going on here. Uh, and he said that if you go from being filet mignon to baloney, and the non white female victim of racism, the host came back in, she said, well, you know, some people like baloney. That's one where I again go back to metaphors. Let's try to be and this we're talking about racism. We're talking about labor like this is so serious. You've got all this data and, you know, statistics, very scientific report here. OK, if that's the case, well, then let's not use a metaphor. If what you mean is, hey, beginning of the year, you were evaluated and all times previously you were evaluated as a competent, valued employee. And then as soon as you reported something, now you are worthless and incompetent. That, in my view, is much better than filet mignon, especially for a vegan one more time. Why do we have to make it all, you know, carnivore centered? Anyway, uh, and even with that, some of the point gets lost because then the host came back in and said uh, some people like bologna. That's not even the point. The point is that the filet mignon is more valuable than the bologna. I think everybody would agree to that regardless of whether they like bologna or not. Again, the metaphors can sometimes just distract from the big picture. 
And I think that happened as well when they talked about racial discrimination because they said that's like thought crime and, and trying to prove what someone is thinking. Now, I don't think of it as that, you know, sign- I mean, hey, it's kind of obvious when you look around, it's wow, we don't have no Negras working here except cleaning the toilet. That would seem like evidence to me, much less when you get to look at the salary and all the rest of it. See, they got all these thought crimes. They get all the George Orwell on us, see? Anyway, uh, the class action lawsuits, I thought that was important as well. Uh, it, but that, that is more challenging because that's going to mean getting a lot of people together, non-white people, if that's what we're talking about, racism, getting them together, getting codified to a degree, getting our notes and all of that, and then we got to all be in this together for some period. That will take some labor, probably be some disputes along the way, but if you can hang in there, those can be effective because that is a lot different. Leroy, Lakeisha on their own saying, you know, they mistreated me as opposed to you got 10, 15, 20 people and they mistreated us. They don't promote none of the Nick like yikes, yikes. A little bit more difficult to say they're all lying, especially if they all got good documentation. Uh, let's see. Oh, and they love it when they can isolate Lakeisha. He said they can say it's a unique situation. And I added not part of the larger system of white supremacy, which is what it is. Uh, oh, man. I thought that was so important. Maybe the most important point was at the end. That I thought a lot of it, that's why I said, okay, so this is what we're picking. All the things that we could have picked, three hours of audio easily, this is what we're rolling with. Yes. That part at the end, the EEOC, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, I think that's the acronym. EEOC said a lot of people think that they're going to adjudicate and decide their case and all of that. The EEOC, their function is to vet because the court system couldn't operate. And I said, dang, haven't we heard that repeatedly? That's how the so-called criminal justice system were like, man, if all these niggers that we lock up, we every time that we busted old Dante, if he dem- I want a jury uh, uh, trial by my peers. Oh, Lord, if every Leroy and Jamal did that one, woof, get them old Johnny Cochran and old Benjamin Crump, we about out of business. Dang, that's the case for the federal workplace issues as well? Wow. Have to note that one, give that a little bit more thought as well. Something about that seems incorrect. Maybe everybody should have a jury trial. Anyway, but the EEOC is about vetting. I said, wow, I had no idea. I don't know if if most people know that is what their primary function is, is about vetting. We can't take all these cases. We can't even take most of these cases. So we're going to decide which ones are going in the trash. On that basis alone, document, document, document write down date time that's what as much detail as possible names where did it happen at all of that save all the email that's why i said they bring tackiness in for black history month click 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 document 
save those records. They have the audacity to do a text message. Save, store, make a folder, be organized with your notes. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then they said too, if you don't request to expedite your case, ooh, ooh, what is it? Lord works in mysterious ways. Who knows? Who knows? You can request to expedite if you intend to sue. I suspect that's one that a lot of people don't know too. I would always request to expedite so that they will speed this process up. That's why I said like that one I thought was kind of mandatory because I thought there was a lot of constructive information all the way and other, you know, points where the, hey, thought crime, typical individuals classified as white, I suspect, with Mr. Dozier practicing racism, thought crime. Hmm. Anyway, um, I'll pause there. Number again, 605-313-5151. Six four, the code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. The email until justice at gmail dot com. Let's see. We'll share, we'll share one email and then see uh, if folks have thoughts, observations, either their own situations or if they have any uh, tips to share for the workplace. Let's see, email number one. All right, email number one. My non-white black manager, who I'll call Shauna from here on, is working my last nerve. That's what they say about me frequently. I felt so down last week that I couldn't write it. I couldn't write into the broadcast. I try to switch off any thoughts of work at the end of each day, but I've not been successful. I know that feeling well. Um... I suspect many non-white people in the workplace or because of terrorism in the workplace are familiar with that. Uh, It generally those type of situations I say to take very serious when it becomes so the anxiety is so intense that as she said that, okay, I'm at home or this is the weekend. Even I have, you know, maybe two days, you know, three days maybe until I have to go back in to see any of these people or deal with it and even then I got thoughts just keep going back to you know what they said and how I felt about that and my frustrations about all that and what I'm going to have to do to deal with all of that on Monday Um, that sort of thing I'm very I think that is extremely important Uh, when it gets to that point uh, it can be very easy for things to intensify uh, to where it gets to where it's disrupting your ability to sleep Uh, like I said the food thing for some people that means not wanting to eat at all it just disrupts you know 
joy in wanting to prepare a meal or sit down and eat or anything because you're just still caught up in all the frustrations and tension about everything that's happening at work or you go the opposite way and just eat, 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 trying to get rid of all that stress and tension. So that's one that I think is very serious. Uh, once uh, the problems from work and the tension from work some become so great that you just cannot release from it for a little while. You're at home like, yeah, yeah, you know, they, they're going to be racist. But dang, I can't even my mind is still just going back to that and what I'm going to have to deal with. So I'd be very mindful of that. I'd be very alert uh, to how you're feeling. Uh, try to do more to take care of yourself. Uh, if you have uh, folks uh, in terms of non-white people where you can speak to them, uh, spend some time together doing constructive things, nourishing things, do it. Uh, it's, I guess, going in the spring, uh, I guess, those at least of us in the northern hemisphere, uh, if you can get time off uh, from work, a couple days, you can have three, four days or even longer maybe uh, of just you me time for yourself uh, to do some things that you enjoy, spa, rest, hike hang out with, you know, constructive people, but that is really important. I say that to, you know, any, all uh, victims of white supremacy, when problems in the workplace uh, become so difficult or so challenging uh, that even once you're away from the job, and I don't, I don't mean just like you have a casual, you know, remembrance of, you know, oh man, we had that problem today or something like that. But I mean, where it's, you are really sitting with it, you know, you, I mean, you just ruminate on it and sit on it and are fuming about it or anxious about it or worrying about it like that is major red flag. Uh, and I would I'd be very mindful uh, if things are, are getting worse in that direction might be. Let's be looking for a new plantation. Um, yeah, because things can get things can go bad or get worse quickly. Continuing. Uh, I got so bad, I was behaving like a victim of domestic abuse, panicking, and even apologizing for things that are out of my control, such as if the IT fails. She gets angry, and it's very obvious because she's not very good at hiding her feelings. It shows on her face. But now she's openly disrespectful. We have one-to-one -one meetings which would be the appropriate form to raise any concerns. Yet she's taken to throwing her jabs at me with an audience. Ew. Uh, man, uh, very sorry to hear all of that. I mean, man, we are in a system of white supremacy racism, but man, oh man. One, I think for context, too, I think the person writing all this had told us before that she thinks her non-white supervisor sabotage or and or at minimum had been given reports that were disparaging of our author, listener, uh, and, you know, saying she's no count, no good, no count black female type of a thing. Uh, there was some suspicion, I believe, that that, that sort of thing had happened. So there are lots of ways directly <clears throat> to, uh, 
directly and indirectly that racists encourage this sort of misconduct, anti-blackness in the workplace and beyond. But this is so, what shall I say, tragically redundant worldwide. Um, I, I think Shawnee name she's going by. Um, I don't think she's been the supervisor that long, right? She had a white supervisor racist before. Uh, I don't think she would be doing this to white male or female employees. I don't think she's told us about it. I don't remember that. If she has, she can, you know, set me straight, but I don't remember that. And we've had, we've heard this sort of conduct many times over, uh, where black people, they don't even have to be the supervisor. Sometimes they can be, a peer, you know, or what have, or even someone who might be a subordinate, so-called, where they have no problem, whether it's the elevator insults or whatever sort of discourteous, uh, unprofessional behavior. I would say, but it's both of those really as well, unprofessional and discourteous, because if there's a legitimate problem with the work that you're doing, as she stated, we have one-to-ones, you can, hey, Let's sit down, talk about this. We have a few problems with your work. Boom, boom, boom. Let's make sure we get this corrected moving forward. Agreed? Awesome. That's the professional way to solve a problem. Not, you know, I'm going to take, make insults and, and mock and particularly, I said that's such, that is so plantational, mocking and publicly degrading black people. Uh, it's like when you, <clears throat> when you lash the niggers on the plantation, that's not supposed to be a private thing. They don't take you off like to the, the barn, you know, or someplace and, and do this while all the slaves are still out working in the plantation or while they're asleep. This is like the public event of the day. Like stop everything. Stop all the work. Everybody come and spectate and watch me lash this negro who might be nude. That is a huge aspect. So there, that plantational component is still very common where we love to publicly embarrass and shout at and you don't know what you're doing. And even other black people engage in that. But yeah, I, I don't know if she has done this where she's, you know, insulted, jabbed at other white people in the workplace in a similar manner. Who You certainly seems like she would have a lot of them to pick from, right? Let us know. But it's been my experience. We don't do that. We just will beat up on other brothers, sisters. She continues. Uh, I previously uh, wrote about her messaging me in our team meeting chat that she would cry under her desk if I didn't say hello to her when I was in the building giving everyone the impression that I'm mute and unfriendly. That is a dangerous one. They do that to us so often. I now make sure to book one of the desks allocated to our division whenever possible, even though the policy is that people can sit anywhere and you're not guaranteed a desk near your team on busy days. Last week, someone was seated at the desk that I booked. I said good morning to my manager and stood next to her desk as I checked my desk booking on my laptop. She then said, did you put which desk you booked in your calendar? Another jab accusation new rule just for me. There is no requirement for staff to put desk numbers in our calendars. 
I said no, but I remember it. Later that day, I checked her calendar to see if she put her desk number in there. She did not. My manager suggested that I sit at the desk next to her, but I wasn't going to do that. I said that it was booked by someone else. I let the woman who was at the desk I had booked know that she was in my seat. I sat opposite her as that desk was free, but let her know that if the person who booked that desk comes in, she would need to vacate. No one turned up, so it was fine. Bravo. Around 5 p.m., a white female racist suspect who recently joined the company and who had previously worked with Shauna at her previous job invited her out for a drink. <sighs> Worst combination in the known universe. Whites alcohol you can be cordial you can speak to everybody morning Helen nice to see you Todd afternoon Jake you can speak to everyone have a great weekend Helen that does not require we got to go grab a pint come on now come on now St. Patrick's Day is coming up nap, 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 nap. I just told hey they just finished dry January. You just said, well, I'm doing dry February. I'm doing dry March. I'm doing dry October. I'm doing dry August. All of them. Dry 2024. Hey, oh, okay. Doesn't get any better than tacky at the bar, for sure. Uh, let's see. Jeffrey, never mind. He's <laughs> going to get the happy hour. Uh, let's see. I wasn't paying too much attention to their conversation as I was packing up to leave for the evening, but I could hear them. Shauna did decline. Hey, saying something about her getting older and not being able to do things she used to. Hey, I love that too. Now, see, I wouldn't even get in all that. Dry February, man. Dry February. Well, you see, you can word the whole lot of it. See, I got a late start on my dry January, so I had to push it into February. So I'm doing the dry February. So you go on, have a good time, and. We'll we'll check in down the road. Good seeing you, though. And they can't say I'm mute either. Uh, let's see. The racist suspect asking her something about her team. I couldn't quite hear everything. It was something like, does she go out for drinks with her team after work? Shauna then explains that most of her team are based in other cities, then must have mentioned me, but not by name. She said that, one of her team is based in the same office, but likes to isolate themselves. Hmm. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what? Uh, the desk I booked was three feet away, and that was where I'd been for the whole day. The week before, I was seated behind her, two feet away. Bear in mind, she didn't have anything to say to me for the whole day on both days. Last week, she was away from the desk most of the time man cause wait a minute let me get my sound effect here let's see there we go yes 
Uh, one, I've said that one for years, just because a person is classified as black, uh, you cannot be thinking that this is brother, sister, friend, uh, melanated comrade, none of the above, you know, victim of racism, period. You know, I'll try to be cur- well, not try. I will be courteous if I can help them. I will, but I have no expectation that they're going to hook me up. We're going to be friends. None of that. If anything, this is about what we should expect. Sad, unfortunate, white people are most to blame. That doesn't make it any better, but this is about what we should expect. I think caller at the courthouse has told us frequently about other black people there making snide remarks about he and all the rest of it, or sometimes other black people all the time. And many others have talked about the same thing. So that would be another thing to talk to your children about. Hey, just because they have high melanin content does not mean that they're going to be your friend. Don't think that way. Set yourself up for a lot of disappointment and frustration. Anger, really. Uh, All of that, I strongly suspect, once again, if you were classified as white, and I didn't put it this way, you could be classified as white, you could be isolating yourself. She would not have singled you out like that if she was talking about you, which, you know, you seem to think she was. She probably was. I don't think that would be the case. It just I think that number one, I think she told us. And like I said, please set me straight if I'm in error. But I think she had said before, it seemed like there might be some suspicion that these white people had been trying to what they call bad mouth her say things to make it so that this black female would think poorly about our cows listener writer here that that had taken place before and just the system of white supremacy like hey we are supposed to be beaten up even if it's just metaphorically speaking we're supposed to be beaten up on the negro oh the team is great we just got that one old no count shiftless negro just always got to go and check on her out here being lazy and trying to sneak off somewhere and don't know what she's up to <sighs> just get this one nigger woman to behave plantational you know she continues uh, there were other people in the division who must have heard what she said as she was deliberately loud she wanted me to hear Uh, so not only was she disrespecting me she's also creating a negative impression of me and letting others know how to treat me and how to think of me and I think too sometimes uh, I'm just theorizing I could be totally in error I'm theorizing, I think, too, sometimes, sometimes, non-white people, people classified as black, non-white people in general, even sometimes, there'll be a fear that I can't be seen as being too chummy with the other black people. I can't make it seem, especially if she's a supervisor, I can't make it seem like, you know, I'm going to be, you know, best buds, my BFF is, is my black sister here. And, you know, I hook her up with all the juicy assignments. And of course she gets the best reviews and all of that. I think that sometimes happens too. I don't know if that's happening here, but I think that sometimes does end up influencing to make sure I'm going to show these white people that I'm not showing any favoritism, uh, to the dark people like, no, 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 I'm going to come down on them just as tough as, you know, anybody else and all the rest of it. Or it could just be all the sabotage and what these white people have said before. Could be that. She continues. Uh, the non-white female who no longer reports to me is also based in the same office, but 
she was on sick leave for three months, so she wasn't referring to her. And I doubt very much that Shauna will be hanging out with her after work and vice versa. Winston is also based in the same office, but he's hardly ever at work, and there have been times when Shauna has forgotten he even exists. See, that's what I said. <laughs> if she was white, she could literally be isolating, and it would just be, you know, whatever. I carried on packing up my things and pretended I hadn't heard what Shauna said to the white woman about me, but I was numb and angry at the same time. The schizophrenia of it all is that I had my quarterly performance conversation with her the week before. She told me how good I am. She asked me if I'm happy with the projects I'm working on. She said she always tries to give me interesting things to work on and told me that she hopes I'm not planning to leave. No issues raised about my attendance or where I sit. No issues were raised about my relationship with other team members. Yet she throws not so subliminal messages and jabs on a weekly basis for no apparent reason. I don't give her problems and there's no way she would treat a white member on her team the way she treats me. Yeah, we're in total agreement there. Uh, hey, I, I, like I said, just theorizing, might be some influence about not wanting to show too much Negro favoritism. The sabotage, I think, is primary. That would be number one in terms of what I think is motivating uh, all of this. But I mean, wow. The system of white supremacy, I mean, hey, that is the training. Like, that's kind of what's supposed to be happening. Make sure if we complain, grouse about anything, even if the nigra is doing competent, exceptional work, we still, you know, grouse and complain and call her names and be that sin the half has never been told. Even when the slaves, when they picked an exceptional amount of cotton or, you know, green beans or whatever, we still lash them like, wow, you picked 600 pounds of cotton. That is a plantation record in the state of Georgia. 25 lashes should have picked 700. <laughs> I think that sort of thing. Like what? 75 lashes. You said something about it. 75 lashes. System of white supremacy. And then, like I said, even to train non-white people to behave in the exact same manner, particularly as it relates to how the black people are supposed to be treated that you are so-called supervising. Uh, and she said, I don't think she'll be going out with the other black female. I don't think she'll be going out with her for drinks either. I am not surprised. That's why, that's why I said, too, I did mention that, though. Hey, I'm going to make sure I'm not kicking it tough like that with these black people. It wouldn't dare be something where I'm going to go get her and then the young lady who wrote this report into us, I'm going to go get those two and hey, we're going to all hit the pub for girls night out and you know the girls of the right color, wink wink. We're going to go out for a night out on the supervisor. First round is on me ladies. First round is on. Ain't no way in the world somebody see that, put that on IG like what? Now I know there's favoritism and that sort of thing. Anyway, she continues. Uh, no issues. But, uh, finally, the non-white black female who no longer reports to me returned to work this week. She's on a phased return, meaning she will only work a few days a week for a set period. Not sure how long. This is standard practice with someone has been on leave for a while. I will say that sort of program, I think, is phenomenal. If they have that sort of program on your job where if it's sabbatical, if you have the time off 
or flex time or whatever it is. If you have, have accrued three months of leave and you can take it and then be so-called phased back in where you, you know, start off maybe working three days a week and then you get time to kind of build up to four days and then back to five or whatever, you know, your regular routine is take advantage. That's why I said, like, if you're monitoring how you feel and you're feeling anxious, difficulty eating, difficulty sleeping, you're constantly, your mind is just going back to problems in the workplace and uh, feeling upset, angry about things that are happening on the job, man, let me get a little time and then I can get back to it. Certainly not everybody has all that, those sort of hours and what have you, and not all white people uh, are accommodating with those requests. So I acknowledge that can be difficult, but man, monitor how you feel, what is happening. If the job is having that large of an impact on your well-being, update that resume, exit plan. Much obliged for sharing and uh, again for the young lady who wrote this in and, and just talking, I think she had said that last week it was so stressful that, you know, she couldn't write in and she even said she felt like a victim of uh, domestic abuse, uh, panicking, apologizing for things that are out of her control. Uh, the, all of that, I would say that is very serious uh, where, you know, it's become such a, a frustrating environment uh, that you can feel these sort of physiological changes where you're feeling like you're, you're having panics because of things that are happening on the job, not at ease, even when you're at home, even over the weekend where you have extended time, where you're not at the office, not around these people directly, presumably not having to talk to them or anything. Right. And your mind is still drifting back to that. Like, man, what are we going to do about that? What she said to me, why she, you know, taking those jabs at me in public like that and all of that. Like, man, that is, I say, take that very serious it can escalate and get worse very quickly. Definitely check in. I'd say letting, I guess letting us know. So, all right, that would be one, but check in, talk to other non-white people. Uh, one's just having that human understanding contact can be so huge and letting them know so they can offer uh, support, kind of check in to see how you're doing. If you're maintaining, able to get some time off and nourish yourself, all that good stuff. But Man, uh, take that very seriously. Uh, I would say update that resume and all. That same thing like I was talking about with the WWE report and Vince McMahon. Like, no job is worth our life, well-being. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not, the plan was not for me to work here the rest of my life. Like, wait a minute now. I can't be, can't be here for a job. I was only, you know, planning to be at for 10 years or five years or whatever it is. And man, I end up picking up all these medical conditions and all of them. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's see. And none of us qualifies for health, mental or otherwise, as victims of white supremacy, the grandcestor. Much obliged uh, for the email. Take excellent care of yourself, ma'am. Uh, the email address again. Until justice at gmail dot com. The number six zero five three one three five one six four. 
the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Now for spectators, uh, folks might be getting ready for the uh, Super Bowl extravaganza over the weekend. I will hope that no one is having to endure any nonsense for Black History Month and also hope that no one is having to endure a workplace Super Bowl party. Uh, I am very certain, it's all about wagering and such, I'm very certain there are not going to be too many Super Bowl parties, workplace or otherwise, that are sober affairs. So, man, I hopefully you will not have to attend. Uh, if you work during that event and they're going to party while they work or what have you, sobriety would be best. But yes, uh, we'll see. We'll give folks like hmm, five minutes, see if they have thoughts uh, to share or if they are just spectating uh, and preparing, getting their chicken wings and all the rest of it uh, together for the big uh, shending and ring damage fest on uh, Sunday evening. We'll be here Saturday for the compensatory call in 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific catch up on what has gone down the last seven days, some of it leading up to all of the nonsense in Las Vegas, the site for this year's Brain Damage Bowl. But that will be tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Uh, something else. Workplace. I was going to get in that was for a different, uh, different segment. It'll come to me. Like I said, there were so many reports. Like, man, this is easily a week. I would say anywhere in the U.S. minimum maybe even the world, but certainly anywhere in the U.S., check the news. They probably had something related to workplace job that would be helpful to know, just good information, even just to file away, process, and be mindful about as you kind of proceed in your work environment. Um, I know I asked about that segment for Georgia. Did you all know that the EEOC, one of their primary functions, it seemed like their primary function is vetting which cases are going to be allowed to proceed to court that that's you know kind of what they do they do not adjudicate or anything of that nature they just vet basically this case has enough evidence to we could actually go to court and rule not even whether or not this case is going to win but just okay they have enough evidence blah 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 did folks know that or were they just learning that I felt like that was pretty pretty informative to know myself uh, let's see folks have I think I said about three give them three minutes and see if they have additional thoughts, observations uh, to share uh, either clips or their own situations in the workplace. Always looking for tips for the work environment. Uh, if any folks work out any uh, codification for the new year and Negro history month. Uh, if there are any sort of, that's what I mean about details like Use that phone. If you went out and splurged and got that brand new iPhone or whatever else, man, use all that space. Any sort of shenanigan, click, lots, great, super HD high res images, bam. And then take notes. Where was this? Date, 
time all of that identifying information document 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 that seems to impress the individuals at the EEOC I'd like to know the demographics of the people that work at the EEOC as well I don't think I've ever seen like a group pick let me see if they have that online but I've never seen that sort of information like these are the people that work at the EEOC and this is how long that they work here and these are our efforts at diversity hiring do they have like a booth set up at the so-called job fairs and such when they go out to recruit you can come work at the EEOC fight against racism in the workplace just saying if anyone works or if you know people that work at the EEOC maybe they could dial in that would be amazing maybe I should have worked on that before see if we could talk to someone who works at the EEOC just to get some insight like what is that if that's true and then what is that vetting process like what are things that are helpful to make sure that you include when you submit your paperwork that hey your case will be approved and and will at least make a judgment yay nay see if you know we file for you or against you but what will increase the likelihood that your case will be accepted for that process other than documentation like that'd be great info to know right let's see uh black female caller in georgia should be with us i think the audio was misbehaving we tried last weekend let's see uh black female caller in georgia hello can you hear me it worked this time yes ma'am okay. hi hi everyone i hope everyone's having the best um weekend you can have best thing you can have I'm glad you got my email, blah, 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 whatever. Um, I was working, so I mean, quite like the beginning of this, man, but I mean, they acted that way on camera. I will admit, I grew up watching wrestling because, you know, bond with your family and I had boy cousins and my grandfather, that's what they watched. And so I did watch for a while growing up and they did weird behavior type stuff so it's really not a, that surprising that it happened in the corporate level um in terms of my job um before i get into that um lovely black vegan i think i don't know if i told you she's an employment lawyer for the faa and she asked us a question about something going on at her job and so that was the opportunity for me to ask i said well you know asked about um, air traffic controllers because I know we had brought that up during one of the um, sessions. And I asked, well, what do they kind of complain about? What issues do they complain about? Because she has to go through the complaints and stuff because she's a lawyer there. And she said, some, it's mainly reasonable accommodations and some racial discrimination. I couldn't get into that much detail because there were more people than Black people in that circle. But... I did. I was trying to find that out because I know we talked about that and how that could be a viable career for people. So I did want to find out, well, what kind of issues may they have in that workplace? So that was the way I can do that. Um, my particular job, overall for me, is going pretty well. Um, one thing I do that seems to be appreciated because we have meetings almost every well, three days a week, whatever. So what I did at this last meeting. Um, I brought together some issues that we would talk about, you know, during the course of the day that related to our job. And I brought them up in the meeting and the manager seemed appreciative because every time I said something, he was like, oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. And um, one issue was based, you know, policy. And then there was another one 
where uh, this didn't happen to me, but um, the black male that I helped last year, you know, we're in the same group still. So he went to another meeting where we're supposed to support that group and, you know, help them help their um, people learn how to use the tools, blah, 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 stuff like that. And usually when you go to these other meetings, um, well, let me go back. And when we meet every day, we tend not to have our camera on. We put up like little avatars or a picture of us, which is allowed because who wants to be on camera six, seven, eight hours and you don't really need to be. So that's how we communicate. Sometimes that's not accepted in other groups. It all depends on the manager. So he went to that group, claimed to be on camera, but I guess a family, his child was there, and for whatever reason, you know, he didn't want his child to be on camera. You know, no problem. That's your little child. Your child is underage. Not that someone's going to come and do something, but that's your child, and you have a right to protect or whatever, however you see fit. So the manager at that particular meeting who's the white female, was like, well, when we were on camera, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. So she basically got upset in the middle of the meeting. And so he came back and told us what happened. And I am someone who is very protective of my quote-unquote people. If you're in my group, whether we work together, whatever, you know, we may not be the best of friends, but if we're on a team and we have to work together, I have to make sure, I want to, I have to make sure we are all doing well so we can do our job well. So he comes back upset and it's like, well, if that was the policy, if she was that strict about it, she should have told you before you were coming because you know this person is assigned to your group. You know this person is coming. You let them know this is what we do at our meeting. I'm very particular about this particular issue. So he wasn't at the meeting that for our group, but I did bring that up. I go, well, if we're going to go to these other meetings and they have strict protocols, they need to let us know what they are so that, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, I don't want to say violate, but not do what they say. And we don't want to, you know, get called out in the middle of the meeting because that's not stronger together, which is one of our values and one that we're focusing on this year, stronger together. I said, because if that happens to me, and I just say this to me, I said, if that happens to me, there will not be, we will not be stronger together if something will be said. Because that's, that's, I'm not that type of person. Um... So, and then there was another person who went to that meeting with the black male, a white guy. He was like, well, I think they both rule without a proportion, but that's not, the issue is if there are protocols, let us know what the protocols are so we can follow them. We are very, we are very good followers of protocol. That is our whole job. Knowing what a protocol is so people don't go to jail for not paying enough taxes to the IRS or something like that. Make sure that is our whole job. Protocols, whether we tax protocols or technology company protocols, that is our issue. So that was a little, I didn't like how that went down. But the manager was very supportive. He was like, who is it? We told him who it was. He was like, well, maybe this might be a one-time thing. But if it does happen again, you let me, you let me know. Because like, this is like, because I was very adamant. I said, this is not the way. That is not stronger together. That is, that is not going to work. Um, and then we had, I was dealing with an internal customer because our customers are internal and she tried to pull something. She was like, well, the other person let me do it. I was like, Mm-mm, that's not what we do. So I went to her manager, who is a white guy who I've worked with for the past three years. And I was like, look, 
I don't know what's going on with your group. Because I will talk to white people. Whoever is, whoever is the problem, I need to get the problem solved. I was like, um, there's a problem. You know, I don't know what's going on. This is the policy. This is what we do. You know, well, blah, blah, blah. No, mm-mm. you're not going to come and cause dissension within our ranks. So about the other person did this and did that. Every case is special. And that's not what we're going to do. Again, that is not stronger together. So he was like, oh, whatever. Then he just went on and did something else. But, you know, I didn't get like, quote unquote, in trouble because I, every time I have a, if I have a quote unquote complaint or issue, I always bring up our core values. Like we talked about policy and procedure. This, doing this is not part of our core value. Our core value is this. So what we should be doing should line up with these values, don't you think? And that usually goes over pretty well. Um, but overall, it's okay. It's the same. And we're very flexible. As you can see, I can talk now because I was doing something else. I was able to take my lunch later, my quote-unquote lunch time later, which is now. So that is it. I think that's all I have from the job. Thank you. Talking to us on the lunch break. Love it. She could have been eating some veggies, some fresh kale and mustard greens, Brussels sprouts, shredded carrots, edamame. Get some water in. Hanging out with us. Love it. Um, let's see. The she said she said that uh she watched wrestling briefly earlier years. Everybody. Vince is billions, isn't he? Everybody. The rock. Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, and man, everyone. And I said the same thing, like remembering some of the content that they've produced over the years. Like, oh yeah, I believe that. Like, oh yeah, even the num- doing a number two on someone's head. Like, oh yeah, 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 I believe that. Yeah. Uh, let's see the having the child on camera white woman supervisor black male and I think most people would feel some type of way about just having their child on camera like that Um, one we didn't hear old black male privilege say hey man you don't embarrass me in front of everybody you don't talk to me I'm black male with privilege you watch your tongue she didn't say that he goes back let her know and she ties in the company values this is not stronger together let him know the policy in advance that's stronger together what are the expectations not shaming and embarrassing folks parents publicly that's not stronger together I said oh she's right yeah love it and that's a very reasonable request like really both of them but particular if this is going to be a big to do you know for this manager white woman got to be able to see everybody's faces when we get together and all of that okay let everyone know this in advance because then maybe he could have even explained in advance 
I'm not just some no-count, shiftless, privileged black male. I'm an attempted dad. My child, you know, runs through. My child runs through. I'll close my screen really quick, but then I'll open it back up once, you know, I get little Leroy corrected. Bam, I'll put it back up. Like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know. I thought you were rapist or at least making rap records with Snoop Dogg about raping. But wow, your past... That's all right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. No problem. Okay. If you need to turn your camera off for a quick second, no problem. Great. That stronger together. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love. I'd have been curious. Like, so did other people shut their camera off? And same thing happened. They got shamed. What are you doing, Becky? You are disgrace. Are you out there cheating? Are you sleep? What are you doing? Anyway, uh, bravo, dare I even say, black self-respect. She could have shamed old Leroy when he went to say this and, you know, get a child care for your offspring or whatever. Oh, my goodness. That should not happen. That is incorrect. We will address this. Share the protocol in advance. That had happened to me. We would not be stronger together statement and tying in the values love it love it love it uh, don't many of us I guess I think many of us it would be difficult to what shall I say protect as she phrased it protect uh, try to do our best to uh, aid another non-white person who may have been mistreated, as in this case, can be kind of difficult. But this kind of setup is someone that she was helping as the setup. You know, you're supposed to help out newer workers, that sort of thing, uh, in terms of when they were hired newer. Hey, advocating for employees and black self-respect, double whammy. The constructive double whammy. How uh, how rare. Uh, awesome job, I think. And I, always the same thing she said it as well. Those so-called core values, that is that is the policy and procedure. That should be page one of the policy and procedure. What are the core values? Right on. And everything that we do should align with that. And if something doesn't, like, whoa, 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 we have really, with metaphor, they, we have really hopped the rails here. Like, whoa. Yes. Yes, we have not supporting a black father, please embarrassing people see how that pattern keep going keep even even virtually we got to find a way no count dark people out here messing around and unreliable incompetent (laughs) plantational even virtually we got it plantational Uh, let's see our caller at the courthouse should be with us as well Star six one other folks if they have commentary to share. May I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners, and callers. Uh, I just wanted to give a few updates on the courthouse um there's a a black male judge that i think i uh, had a retirement 
um, just like luncheon today, because I think he was starting to have some health problems. Uh, that's in the other building. And another update is there was uh, a racist exchange. I don't know if I shared it, but I just thought about it, where it was two white women. Um, they made the the comment, thank you, come again, uh, making a mockery of a non-white person at the 7-Eleven. Uh, that happened. Uh, a another white person was hired on, and this white person, I believe I shared before, was not very presentable and was still prioritized over, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was another white person from what I was shared, what I was uh, told, that had on a suit and everything, uh, the, the white woman, I guess, didn't want to hire that particular white woman. And this, like, this white person is another white person of a series of recent white hires where uh, they can't seem to find their way around they don't want to take notes. Um, they aren't following the, the people that's training them. And a victim of racism who occupied the front counter uh, for the civil side, I guess, was made to uh, go sit in the original seat where she was signed so that this new white person can do training up at the front counter. And uh, she reported that this white woman, the manager tried to get her to train this white woman, and she just blatantly refused, like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Uh, so I guess she, this, this white woman <laughs> tried to do this, because she knows this white woman is, um, like, you know, just not, not confident, you know what I mean? So, and they, they tend to want to hire a lot of these type of white people on. And there's a white woman that I mentioned before that works on the side where I work at. Because uh, I haven't been there in a few days, so I'm not sure if they hired her daughter on to the uh, staff. And then also, there's another white woman that I heard call a black person a boy, a black male a boy. Her granddaughter, I think, got fired, I believe, because she just uh, totally neglected the job. I think she probably found a job somewhere else, uh, you know, given that she classified as white. Uh, and one 
one last thing is that, like I thought about how when you mentioned about how uh, a black manager or some kind of a uh, like well they use the term lead worker where we are where we work at they are examined on whether or not they're giving favoritism to uh, other black employees like I think that's that, that's something that's been going on with this other white woman and two other white women uh, and a victim of racism walked up and these three white women were in a huddle and they broke it up. They broke it up quickly. And I just thought, and I concluded that they were speaking about uh, black person that works in the area where I work at. So I just think they're practicing deception, racism, but yet that's one of them once again is wearing the FAMU t-shirt, orange and green, uh, but she still practices racism. Uh, and a victim mentioned the town, I think Bell, Florida, is she uh, used the term sundown town, and the, the white woman, she, she didn't want to give no response to it. Uh, and she said it again later on in the day I remember. But I, I do think those three white women, the, the two white women that are in the records area and the older white woman, all date black male, um, I think they have their own kind of gossip, unjust networking circle going on and didn't want the older black female who's been given the uh, the label as lead worker. But yet she's still, once again, she was overlooked and ignored to get the, uh, the supervisor position. And so that'll be something that I'm going to continue to pay attention to. And I'm just constantly just observing taking notes and that's pretty much the status right now. And that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Much obliged, sir. What, what town is this that she was mentioning bell? What is it? Belltown or bell, Florida? Bell, Florida. Oh, okay. Bell. I've never, I've never heard of that one. Okay. I have to. Oh, okay. There it is. Wow, Bell, Florida. Hmm. Wow. Oh, and it's up near the pan. That's North Flow. Okay. I guess you you pass right by it on the way to Orlando and Disney World and all the cool spots. Um, was there any? Uh, it seems like a pitiful exaggeration to say evidence but is there I don't know is there any inkling to suggest that this Negro supervisor is hooking up black people at the courthouse with jobs like have you I don't know is he is he giving out raises or 
Anything that you know of? They hired new black people? He hired new black people? I'm glad you asked that because I do remember speaking to a victim about some kind of choice that he had to uh, to to add to a department where a black female is the supervisor, but for this white woman, I'm I'm being told that he he wasn't even involved in the choice. For, for this white woman to pick this uh, incompetent white woman. So I'm like, well, why does he have influence in the, the choice uh, when the the new person is going to the black female apartment? But then for the white woman, uh, and the victim agreed as well. So the chaos coordinator, that's, that's what her name is, she barely even <laughs> even tries to, um, in a courteous way, speak to the the black people in that position. It seems like she's only speaking to the white people. So, uh, but I do see them when I go to the administration area back there, just on my everyday schedule. But she, from what I hear doesn't really speak too much to the uh, the black manager and the director over there. Okay. Hmm. That's sort of they can just lie, you know, and say, well, Leroy, you know, he hired 15. Like, wait a minute. Does Leroy, is he in charge of hiring? Is he on the hiring committee? No, no, we don't have no. <laughs> you know Leroy didn't hire him. Shut up, lying! Like, come on, come on. Uh, I looked uh real quick because I had never heard of Bill Florida. Like, if you know someone had asked me, I would have even questioned if such a place existed. Uh, but yes, it does. Bell Florida, B E L L, um, eighty six point three five percent white. One point nine percent Negro. Yikes! For a place like Florida that had so many lynchings, Claude Neal, that is like double, triple yikes. Plus, all this is really close to Rosewood too. Like Jesus, woof. Plus, this is a really, really tiny place. I think they have less than a thousand people in Bell, Florida. So, wow, you would not want to be here when there's a, probably even in broad daylight, 12 noon, you probably would not want to hang out too long in Bell, Florida, where they probably got, if it's 1.9% Negras, they got like three black people, maybe five. They probably all clean the toilets or in jail. Uh, let's see the oh she said they they were mocking the non-white peoples uh, at the court at the courthouse man like I now if they were working at you know Hardee's Publix the grocery store or Safeway uh, hey I expect 
racism from the check workers, counter workers, clerks, bag checkers, everybody. I expect them to be racist. Deli workers, too. We're at the courthouse, man. Thank you. Come again. (laughs) Why is this the time to be mocking non-white? And see, you got the same thing. You got to do your public mockery. Probably that's a racist joke, too. Like, come on. Come on. At minimum, be a professional. Thank you. Have a great day. You don't even have to think great. Have a blessed Negro history. Nope, nope, nope. Just thanks. Have a great day. No, no, I got to slip in my. Thank you. Come again. Slip in my racist jokes. Come on. Uh, let's see. And that's even one that now, if there was a such a thing as some sort of white joke, man, a black pray imagine that a black person in a professional work setting, courthouse no less, customers are coming through public, maybe cameras, who knows, and they go to exit. And you make some sort of like, I don't know what that would be, but I mean, it's lots of them for the Negro uh, deuces, homie, peace, dog, whatever that would be for white people. You being comfortable enough that you could do that. Your little, you know, mockery at white people dig as they leave and that they wouldn't hear this or someone else wouldn't hear like what? That is so unprofessional. I'm going to report that right now. Nope get in our snicker and move on it's going to be a great Friday uh, let's see The he said it seemed like there's, there's a pattern of hiring disheveled white people at the courthouse they come in bedraggled and now they got both ends of the spectrum they got the white woman who I'm going to do my interview while I'm getting a pedicure and then they got the wife. I can't even be bothered to, you know, look in the mirror. I just grabbed whatever the nearest shirt was when I got out of the bed and, you know, be thankful I'm here. Dang, what, what is going on? <laughs> like now Fuller did tell us I'm white. I don't even have to wear clothes. And I guess there you go. <laughs> that was, now that was, I think he said this was like 60 years ago. So I mean, Hey, some of the timeless white is classic. The shirt is, you know, whatever. That's optional. White. Classic. And we've heard this a few times, right? Uh, Z's mom said on her job, totally different field, totally different part of the world, that they had uh, some no count white fella come in wearing uh, pop smoke paraphernalia and what have you and uh, jogging pants and such this is like an upstanding office and he's just lounging around hey how you doing mm-hmm. <laughs> what is going what did they vet did you have an interview or anyway uh, and now that's that would be another one where I would point out that to my children too now with Leroy and Lakeisha, that would have been justification to like toss your application in the trash immediately. Like, oh my God, Leroy came in here wearing such and such and such and 
Oh, mother, that's what I say about personal responsibility, and Whitey tries to give you a chance, and you can't even, where's your dignity, we heard, where's your dignity, where's your pride? Get out of here. Uh, he said that it even, it seems like they're hiring incompetent white people. Man. That would for sure be one. Now I would struggle with that because then that can sap your motivation. Uh, that at least for me it does. But yeah, you can have really competent black people end up with a mop and a plunger. You can have white people can't even type. Vice President of Operations. Can you spell Vice President? Vice President of Operations. Get that toilet clean Leroy shut up and ask you about who can type can you type with that plunger <laughs> zing got you on that one didn't we and sit around and mock and and you and he said that hiring the white person and hiring this person's daughter and we hear that every week all over the all of that cronyism oh and that's nepotism all of that that is the system of white supremacy racism and then they have the gall to turn around and talk about meritocracy come on man like get out of here they don't even even with all of this you can't even produce competent individuals when you want to hire your nephews and nieces and daughters he said she got fired the daughter come on she should have known all the like everything she should be fast tracked to management because she knows everything nope Let's see. They know the racism. He said that uh, one of the white people there called a black person a boy. That's the type of thing that I say document, especially if you can get witnesses too. And then hopefully if you've been documenting, that'll be a part of a pattern of behavior. Because I don't think you come in and call a nigra a boy and you've been a beacon of racial reconciliation for the duration of your work career prior to that incident. I don't believe that. So document then they can't say well this was a unique situation they were stressed uh let's see oh and he did bring up he did bring up the negro favoritism i said i've heard that i've heard and seen that enough where sometimes not every time but sometimes the black person to counter that charge or even to preempt that charge they will be especially aggressive in criticizing their black employee or black so-called subordinates. They will be especially aggressive. Uh, they will make sure to maintain distance so that there's no way, or at least there's no reasonable evidence for anyone to conclude, Hey, these niggers are cavorting and hanging out and he just looks out for the black boys and black I call them names and talk bad about them all the time like no <laughs> like man even the black fella there could be doing that he said the white women they still come and get together unjust you see what they were doing I know I hate it we don't get that what and he said he Get close and they will right away. <laughs> they had the courthouse, man. Like, come on. Come on. And even the patterns with the supervisors there, because he said before it was a black male supervisor. He was so privileged. 
they had to go and get a white person to say, uh, Leroy, uh, you know, you, you're the supervisor. You, you maybe should fuss at the workers from time to time if they're misbehaving, you know, it's might be a good thing to let them know, you know, straighten up and flower. He's like, Oh, I don't, Ooh, I don't, Ooh, Ooh, gotta go and hmm, tell these white women like, uh, Becky, get your act. And they, Becky and them were already mad. In fact, I suspect some of these folks are the very same people over here now talking about a totally, di- I suspect a totally different black dude. Like now, curse this Leroy. We're going to get him and all his cousins. He's around here hiring and hooking up. Now, I mean, even that, the audacity in this environment, like, are you serious? Like, if you really got a problem with nepotism, man, we can get a Reddit group together today, man. Like, I am with, because this is ridiculous. Like, we don't even get competent employees. They hire these people who come in and waste time. Then we got to fire them. Or he said, you got to follow them around. And then what he, what he said before, he said, uh, she's going to need some hand holding. Come on, man. Like, I'm with you, sister. If you want to put, get some rules and something, let's do it, man. Because they're competent people. I said that before. You could train people. If they're going to be this dumb, just get dumb people who want to learn. Like we could get a little training program together and get you up to speed and everything. Bam. That would be better than getting all these cousins and lames who you don't even have the intention of doing competent. You would learn to type, right? Anyway, uh, and, and the white defiance said the white woman with the fam you shirt now they already told him that's just like the white woman with you come in and wear the Grinch costumes and the leggings and all. you know all of this violates policy and procedure we've talked about this before you got it in writing doing it anyway doing it anyway we already talked about the fam you shirt too she she went around she went specifically to the segregated sections. Hey, Leroy, you, you like my fam, you sure, don't you? You don't think it's a, I don't, why are they picking on me? It's almost like reverse. Re- Lakeisha, don't you, you, you like fam, you, you got a cousin there, don't you? It's great. She didn't ask any of the white people, you know, about what they think, but the rule is we don't wear sports fit. You know that she's going to come and wear it again for Negro History Month. Clowning. Oh, I would if they had a number report, call report. Then see there, because we got rules. I don't want to hear nothing. Black person comes in, maybe they you know got a Super Bowl team and they want to come in with their Chiefs or 49ers gear. They say, hey, Leroy, wait a minute now. She that's what I mean about Doc. Now she has come in every other week. Oh, she get every FAMU shirt that she got. She's worn. Now come on, it's supposed to be equal protection in the workplace. But that's the sort of thing I would die to see. I would be documenting that. That's why I always say, even if you are receiving perfect treatment, no racism at all, you are compensated correctly. You get every raise and it's obese. Every performance evaluation is sparkling. What do they say? Glowing. That's what they said from Michael Swanger. Every evaluation is glowing. No one mispronounces your name. They don't make any jokes about you. They don't mock you. Never. 
no one has anything but praise and courtesy about you and your value to the company even if that's the case I'm still observing are we in accordance with policy and procedure the core values of the company as they say something like that this white woman consistently and in fact all of them were it's the Grinch costume and all the rest of it we got policy especially if they've talked to us or they hey we got an update this is the courthouse supposed to be professional policy and procedure this is what the dress code is and these and sometimes they're coming in and verbally bragging I know I got on my Grinch co- I know I know I know I'm not supposed to have on my fa- yeah, watch see what I wear next Friday write all of that down mm-hmm. Friday February 9 fam you color do 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 oh she knows she's <laughs> and you could even include in the note like this is the one two three fifth time that she's had on the fam you shirt since you know whatever I would write all of that down because you're not going to like I say it wouldn't be me I still even if that sort of thing is happening I'm not saying that you use that as license now I want to wear my Tim Tebow shirt I'm not saying that at all I'm just saying if she and others if they can flagrantly violate this rule hey don't be coming in here and we're just going to have random hodgepodge enforcement of the dress code policy oh wait a minute those slacks are inappropriately Roy that out of here Lakeisha yep 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 can't do it mm-mm that's what I mean. I even if it wasn't me, I would just point that out. Like, dang, do you all do the same sort of thing when people wear FAMU shirts and such in the office place? Oh, uh, um, uh, hmm. just saying. Equal enforcement, and I would write all that down too. How they, you know, any hoodles doesn't get any better than tacky in the work, especially for Black History Month. They had lots of that stuff uh, as well anywho uh, <clears throat> let's see make sure we did not miss any of the folks who dialed in uh, if they had comments observations suggestions let's see misplaced the switchboard again amazing can't believe it well while I'm finding it, once again, we should be here uh, tomorrow. Compensatory call in at 605-313-5164. We should be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll catch up on what has gone down uh, over the past week or so uh, of February. Even hear some of the tidbits about uh so-called Negro History Month the embarrassment that it has been especially in schools some of the workplaces like man it does not get any better than tacky any hoodles uh, let's see tomorrow got everybody didn't miss anyone grand soon we got everybody Uh, much obliged folks tuned in hopefully worthy of your time and energy <clears throat> uh, sobriety would be best especially for this weekend uh, some folks you know party from now until Monday that'll be excuse not to go to work 
uh, on Monday. I have seen that happen many, many times. If you have young people or you yourself, uh, you got to go out and do the shindig and all of that. Uh, especially the closer you are to the epicenter of all of this Vegas and or if you're <clears throat> the closer you are to, I guess, San Francisco and or the Kansas City area, respectively, uh, they will probably have sobriety checkpoints. Ask Andy Reid, coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. They will have sobriety checkpoints. So especially in those geographic locations I just mentioned. So sobriety if you gotta if it's office required they're having some sort of office Super Bowl party and I have attended uh, one of those before I think maybe even more than one but at least one uh, and like they always have alcohol at those sort of things or even if it's a non-office related party just be mindful about that you want to be safe if you gotta consume a beer or whatever it is get to one spot and stay there if you stay at your residence you can watch the brain damage, consume your beer, don't have to worry about any of that. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately make sure I get in before we wrap our caller in Georgia, there were two people in the Georgia area. There was one person in Georgia who sent me an email about audio clips for workplace racism. And then our black female caller in Georgia sent a different email, very warm, very supportive, much obliged. But I forgot. It's like, oh, yeah, there was two different Georgia emails and uh, disambiguate. I think they called that much obliged to both. Uh, no name calling. No gossiping, especially in the workplace. No throwaway offspring. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, Your brother. Problem. You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Yeah.